welcome to the weekly podcast of Covenant Grace Menifee. Each week, we gather to better understand the teachings of the Bible and how to live them out in our daily lives. We hope and pray that you're encouraged by this week's message. Our passage this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 11. We'll start in verse 39 to 12-2. And all these... Though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Josh took all my time, so we're just going to pray and then take the Lord's Supper. Man, Josh, that was long. He's like, it's my time to shine. We're really thankful every year during the Advent. And just so you guys know, Josh every year puts these together. So he types them all up and gets them ready for us. And so if you're thankful for it, please thank him and praise God for it. Yes, thanks, Josh. So let's, let's pray real quick to prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would please feed your people through your word. We know, Lord Jesus, as you ascended, you gave gifts to men. And so I ask that you would please... Speak through me, use me to bless your people. You commissioned Peter, feed your sheep. And every Sunday when we have the call to preach and to give your word and sacrament, we have the confidence that you will feed your sheep, you will feed your people. And so I just ask, Lord Jesus, bear fruit in this time. Feed your people, feed myself, feed us. Give us what we need to live the life that you call us to live for your glory, your honor. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would please fill us, that you would strengthen us, open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to see, to comprehend, and to understand these things that you have for us in this passage. Thank you for caring for us so much and always preparing each Lord's Day for us. We love you. Be with us this morning. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this book of Hebrews is written to a people who are going through a season of all sorts of trials and hardship, and they're being tempted to drift away from Jesus. So the author of Hebrews is writing this book to them to encourage them, don't drift away, persevere in this race that's set before you. But all these trials, all these temptations, or even just these normal things in their life are tempting them to maybe want to go back to the Old Testament, to the Old Covenant. And so the author of Hebrews, he's writing to them to show them that Jesus is better than the Old Testament. Jesus is better than the Old Testament priest. Jesus is better than the Old Testament sacrifice. Jesus' promises in this covenant that he inaugurated are better than the Old Testament promises. Everything that is bound up in the work of Jesus and what he accomplishes for us is better in this side. Amen? 
And so he's calling the people, do not drift away. Do not fall away. Don't go back to your old life. Don't go back to this old covenant. Jesus is better. No matter how hard it gets, Jesus is better. Don't give up. Persevere. And when we get to chapter 11, the author of Hebrews tells us what faith is. He says, faith is assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then he goes on to tell us example after example of how these Old Testament believers lived their life, lived out their faith, hope, and conviction of things not seen. Like Moses, he didn't see the new heavens and new earth. He didn't see the promised land, but he hoped for it. He had faith in things he could not see, trusting the person who promised him. And so just like the Old Testament people, we now are called to do the same, have faith in things not seen. And the last couple weeks in chapter 11, the author gives us these examples of the Old Testament believers, and it's almost as if we have this documentary of the faith of the people of God throughout the centuries. And it's really cool, throughout the last two months, we've had Eric, you know, picture this, Eric being our tour guide through this museum of these stories of the people of God. We're walking down this hallway, and we see picture after picture of all these people who live by faith. And so he goes, Eric takes us, and he goes, look at Abel by faith. Look at Enoch by faith. Look at Sarah and Abraham by faith. And he's going, look at all these people. Look at Moses and the Israelites by faith. David, Rahab, Daniel, Samson, by faith, by faith, by faith. And we get to the end of these stories, and our tour guide now looks back and looks at points at all of them. He says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised to them. And everybody's to feel like, what? By faith, they were commended yet they still didn't receive what was promised to them. Why? Because God is going to provide something even better, that apart from us, they shall not inherit that promise. Amen? And so now it's as if our tour guide turns to us and beckons us to enter into the same race that they were commended for. And so he turns to us. He says, see all these? You know what they're doing? They're waiting for you to run the race, run the race. And that's the point of this passage that we're in in chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It's a, it's a call to now start your race, to lay aside everything, and finish it well, looking to Jesus, and so that you will be commended for your faith as well. Amen? And it's almost as if we look back down the hallway, and we realize that museum wasn't done with. There's all these empty spots, again, calling us to enter into that race and to finish. You know, that museum's not done being put up pictures. There's all these empty spots waiting for us. Isn't that cool to think about? These people all throughout history have finished their race, and they're being commended for their faith. And now, again, the author of Hebrews turns to us and says, let's do it. It's your turn. Run. Amen? And so as we look at this passage, we're going to be looking at it with three points. 
So point number one, if you guys take notes, point number one is people are cheering for us. Point number two, lay aside and look. And point number three, Jesus is helping you. He understands and he's in control. And so for point one, look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin. So people are cheering for us. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he's going to urge us to do something, right? So because of this reality, what's that reality? Reality that we're surrounded by what? A great cloud of witnesses. So what does that mean? Well, in one sense, they're witnesses. It's this big group of people, this gathering of people who are witnesses to us. And what does that mean? In one sense, it means that there are people that we can look to for an example. And so we can look to their stories and the reality of how they followed God and trusted God in faith, and we can draw encouragement from that. And we can draw you know, insight and maybe something to boost our faith. But there's another reality of this picture is that they're witnesses to us as spectators. So with the analogy, it's this arena and we're running this race. And there's the stadium, and there's this great cloud of witnesses. There's these spectators now. They're no longer running. They finished their race, and now they're sitting in the stands doing what? Not just there to be entertained, but they're actually there cheering us on. And so it's this beautiful picture of these people, not only that we can look to to find encouragement, but these people who did not get what was promised for them because why? They're waiting for us. And what are they doing as they're waiting? They're cheering us on. And this passage for the last, you know, five years has been really encouraging to me as I've studied it more and more the last few years because, you know, my father-in-law died in 2018. One of my really good friends died in 2021. And they both died in the Lord. They died in faith. And it's really exciting to me that we know that the people who have gone to be with the Lord, they did not go on to do something that they're forgetting about us. I think that's how we think of death, that they're now busy doing something else and they've just forgotten about this. But what's cool is this picture shows this great cloud of witnesses waiting for who? Waiting for us. And what are they doing? They're cheering for us looking at this world, waiting for us to finish, not just for selfish reasons, but because they care about the glory of God. They care about the purposes of God. And so if any of you have lost loved ones in the Lord, what's cool is they're in the presence of the Lord, and I'm confident that they're in this great cloud of witnesses being commended for their faith and cheering us on, waiting for you, waiting for me, waiting for us, looking at covenant grace, looking at impact, looking at revival, looking at faith Bible, and they're cheering for us going, keep going, keep going, look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, he's good, he's good, lay aside, lay aside, keep running, do not drift, do not give up, he is better, we see him, we see him for who he is. He is better. Keep going. And it's a beautiful picture of people cheering you on.
The devil wants you to stop. And this cloud wants you to keep going. These witnesses cheering you on. It's a beautiful picture. And so what are they cheering us on to do? They're cheering us on to run a race. So look at verse 1 again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus. So point number two, lay aside, run, and look. And so the big command is to run. The, big com- the main command in here is to run with perseverance. But he gives us two things in the beginning and the end to do. So one, to prepare. So he says, lay aside every weight and sin. And so what does weight and sin mean? Sin is obvious, right? It's anything that God has commanded not to do. So lay aside those. But what is weight? Lay aside every weight. A weight is, he's probably not talking about sin. He's probably talking about normal things that aren't inherently evil or wicked or sinful, but that distract us from running the race. So like think about social media, how distracting that can be. Think about even certain friendships. Friendship inherently is not evil, right? But certain friends can be hindering us from running the race. Maybe a certain job is stopping you from running the race where God is calling you to do something and it's hindering you. Maybe TV. What is it? Maybe it's a habit. You know, thinking about this picture of, an, of a race... Like, think about the Olympics, right, when the track runners are going up. You know, they have jackets on, staying warm. Imagine they didn't take it off. You go, hey, take it off. Or think about batting, you know, baseball. What do batters do when they're on deck? They have usually a donut, a weight on their bat as they're warming up. What if that batter went up and didn't take it off, right? That would be foolish. Take it off. Prepare. Lay it aside. It's going to hinder you. And so same with you, that weight, that jacket, those things are good things, but now as you're called to run the race, as you're called to do what you're called to do, and if you keep that, it becomes a bad thing, it becomes a hindrance. And so lay aside every weight. And maybe just this week, think through it. What weight is hindering you from doing the thing that God is calling you to do? Maybe something that God called you to do years ago that you've just been pushing aside and haven't thought about? What is that weight that's hindering you? I read this article years ago, and it was saying these missionaries moved back to the States, and after a year of being here, the wife said to her husband, it feels like the devil is singing a lullaby over this nation. Can we please get out of here? And That has stuck with me ever since I read it because it's crazy. We have such an abundance here that it's as if we're getting fattened up for the day of slaughter and we just don't even notice it. You know, do we have all these good things that aren't bad? Are they hindrances? Lay them aside and turn to Jesus. Run the race that is set before you. He's good. He's better. And then he says, lay aside every weight and sin. And again, what sin is right there? Like when I even say that, lay aside a sin, 
What's the sin that comes up? Is it pornography? Is it drinking too much? Is it prescription pills? Is it envy, jealousy, bitterness? What sin comes up in your own mind that the Lord is beckoning you to lay aside so that you will run the race that He has set before you? So lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. These things want to trip us up. And again, weights, not always bad, but hindrances. Sin, repent, turn to Jesus, lay them aside, don't let them trip you up. And what's the command? Run the race. And, this run, and he says, that's set before you. For all of us, right, we're all called to do the same thing, trust God. We're all called to do the same thing, believe in Him. But we get there, He has different courses for us. So He's calling us all to do something. For some of us, it's to go into ministry, like be a pastor or a deacon, or to serve in a certain way, or maybe to adopt a kid, or maybe it's to have one of your own kids, or maybe it's to get married, or maybe it's to leave your job, maybe it's to get a certain job, maybe it's to move somewhere. What is the Lord calling you to do? Lay aside every weight and sin that hinders you and obey and trust Him, and by faith run the race that He set before you. Amen? And I know the Lord is working here. I know the Lord is calling us to do something. And we all have these things in our minds that we think the Lord is calling us to do. I just encourage you today, by faith, go, do it, do it. It's the race that He set before you. And what is it? So lay aside every weight and sin, run the race. And as we run... The last thing that he gives us to do, look at verse 1 again, or actually starting at verse 2, run the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So this leads us to our last point. Why is it so important to look to Jesus as we run? Well, point three, Jesus is helping you, he understands, and he's in control. And, you know, as we went through chapter 11... One thing that's really cool about a good documentary is that when you're listening to this documentary of all these stories of the people of God, you feel inspired and encouraged to go do something. And you're like, man, I want to do something for the Lord. But when you listen to a good documentary, there always comes a time where you feel this encouragement to go do it, but then you're like, ah, maybe it's not for me, or maybe I can't be that great, or maybe I can't do that. You know, this happens to me when I watch sports documentaries. So I love boxing. I used to box. I don't do it anymore. So I'm a physique is showing that. What, everybody's like, you're so skinny. I'm like, you don't see me with a shirt off, okay? You don't, see the, you don't see the damage that Cheetos have been doing to me. But when I watch boxing, every big fight, what they do is they, you know, do a little all access and they show them working out. They show them training you know, montages of them training, working out, sparring, doing all these things. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, I'm going to make my comeback. I'm like sitting there going, this is great. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, I could do this. I could start today. I got the gloves still. I got, I got the hand wraps. I got this. I know how to do it. And in my head, I see a six-pack still. Like, it's just going to take me two weeks. I'll be back. I turn to Lydia. I'm like, I'm going to make my comeback. And she looks at me, and she sees a guy like with his shirt off, Cheeto dust on my fingers. I'm like, I'm going to make a comeback. And she's like, no, you're not. You know. 
but it's funny because with documentaries like that, like even cooking, that will happen to us. We're like, we can cook like that. It's like, no, you can't. And what happens with these documentaries, you get inspired, you get encouraged, you're like, heck yeah, I could do this. And then reality settles in, and you're like, nope, never mind, they're professionals. I'm a dummy, I'm getting chubby, I can't do this. But the difference when we hear this Hebrews 11, the biggest difference is that everyone by faith will do this. Everyone by faith, this race that's set before you, are you inspired, are you encouraged to do the exact same things these people did? You know what? Look to Jesus. He is behind it all. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. What does that mean? He is the author of your faith or the source of your faith. He has given you that faith. Can you run this race just like them? Yes. Why? Because he's the author of your faith. He is also the perfecter of your faith. What does that mean? He completes your faith. Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. So he begins it and he completes it. Can you finish this race just like them? Yes. Will you finish this race just like them? Yes. Why? Because Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? He will begin it and he will finish it. And he is not man that he should lie or tell a falsehood. He is God, almighty God, who what he says, he does. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Has he given you faith? Well, then he'll bring it to completion. Amen? So the biggest difference about this documentary is we can get inspired, we can enter in, because Jesus is our author and perfecter of our faith. Let's look to him. It's so important. As we run, as we step in by faith, look to him. He will get you through. Do not drift. Keep looking. He'll get you through. Amen? And then so Jesus is helping you. He's the author and perfecter of your faith. He understands. Look at um, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And this one's interesting. He understands. It's kind of like a hint at Hebrews 4. You know, if you turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Jesus understands. He's not a God that calls us to this race and he's never ran in his life. He's a God who calls us to this race and goes, you know what? I'm going to step in. I'm going to do everything for you. I will run ahead of you. I will be the pioneer. I will be your champion. I will be your example. I will run this race for you. What does he do? He leaves his high place. He leaves his glory. He becomes man. And he lives 
under these commands that God the Father has for him. And he becomes our covenant head and he obeys perfectly for us. And at the end of his life, he gives of himself as a sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world, every sin we've ever committed, placed on him. And he does this, despising the shame. It was shameful to be crucified, yet he got up to go do it for himself to be glorified and for you to be rescued. Amen? So he is not a God that sits high up not knowing what we're going through, but he's a God who knows exactly what it feels like to despise the shame. He knows exactly what it feels like to get up again and to be tempted again and again and get up. And so look to Jesus, the author and perfecter, and the one who paved the way, the one who got up despising the shame and looked to the glory that God the Father had for him. And then lastly, he is in control. Look at the last part of the verse in 12.2. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Why is this important? Why do we need to look to Jesus as we run? Well, because he's seated at the throne of God, at the right hand. What does that mean? That means that when he died, he didn't just stay dead, but when he died, he resurrected and ascended on high, and now he's in a throne, ruling and reigning. So can he get us through? Yes, because he's ruling and reigning. Will he get us through? Yes, because he's promised it. He has the power to do so. So look to Jesus. As you run, look to Jesus. Because if you look anywhere else, it will be faulty. But look to Jesus. He will get you through. Why? Because he's the one that gave you faith. Look to Jesus. What is he calling you to do this morning? What is he calling you to do this last week? Look to Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of your faith. He knows what it's like to run and he's seated at the right hand in control. Amen? Let me share one more verse with us just to encourage us. Look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Let me read it again. Because this verse is so important for us. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is the Savior of his people. He is always able to save to the uttermost. Why? Because he makes intercession for his people. So that means Jesus is praying to the Father for us. And do you think the Father's up there going, nope, nope. No, he's saying, yes, 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 yes. Jesus is praying for you. He cares for you. And his answers or his prayers always get answered, yes. He is the great high priest that we can trust. As you run your race, again, will we finish based on our own doing? No, it's because we serve a faithful high priest who has given us faith and will complete our faith. And he prays for you that you will finish that race and you will do it. 
He saves to the uttermost, those who draw near to him, because he always makes intercession for them. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great plan of redemption. It's amazing. It's amazing that we were lost, sinful people. You looked down and had mercy on us, compassion on us, and you wanted to save a people for you, for yourself. And so you made this plan of redemption between you and your son to save a people, that your son would come and redeem us, crush the head of the serpent, and destroy the power that sin had over us, and destroy the power of the devil, which is death. And you call all of us, you forgive us, you save us and redeem us, and now you just call us, trust you, run the race. So I ask, Holy Spirit, I ask in the name of Jesus, will you give us courage today? Will you take off blinders? Will you show us where you are leading us and how you want us to run this race? Please give us wisdom, give us insight. Thank you for your care. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for getting up and giving of yourself for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for always calling us back, always giving us exactly what we need. I ask that as we partake of the Lord's Supper, that you would give us exactly what we need for this week to push forward, to run the race that you call us to run. Thank you. We praise things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can email us at info at May the Lord bless your week and guide your steps.